Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B-R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoop B Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. L. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bonds said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the words of Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews he gave you to fix on iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the GOAT, so why ask? Watch out, if watch out. About it, if he naming them, scoopd.com, do numbers like Chamberlain, pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab, if he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that, now pay attention and you can see the way it go, enough of this talking, this is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop. Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Scoopy Radio. 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 On the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram is Snapchat at Scoop. I'm Scoop B. Make sure most importantly you subscribe to Scoop B Radio podcast available on all streaming platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. Scoopy Radio is always in the news. And the main reason why is because we're always getting newsmakers. Me and this guy have been going back and forth on DMs and a little bit on Twitter. Why not get them on a podcast? Jason McIntyre, 
Welcome to Scoop B Radio. Thanks for having me, man. I, listen, I don't know if making news is good or not, uh, but hope, hopefully, I won't get myself in any trouble. Let's just leave yeah. it at that. I'll go with that, sir. I um, we had you on the podcast last year. A lot has changed since then, and the thing that I wanted to bring you on for at first uh, was the whole Kyrie Irving, oh yeah, Scoop B Radio discussion and more. Why not talk about it in DMs? Let's talk about it on the pod. So, why are you in disagreement with Kyrie Irving? Uh, boy, we'll um, let's start here. So, we, we, we talked about this over DM, but just to fill everyone in. So, I believe it was, geez, I don't know when you're going to release this, but basically three weeks ago, the players were on a call talking about the situation in the Scooby bubble. And Kyrie yeah. Irving chose that time to pipe up and say, hey, you know, I'm injured, but can I go and use the sauna? This is reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Um, and then Kyrie asked a question about what kind of beverages, presumably adult beverages, would the NBA be supplying at the bubble? Um, those were his primary questions on the call. Okay, He had an opportunity to say whatever he wanted, and that's what he asked. So then a week later, I don't know if it's out of the blue. I know you have a good relationship with Kyrie Irving. I respect that. But all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving is saying, I don't think any player should go to the bubble, period. Mm-hmm. And for me, as an outsider, and I think anybody else listening or watching, whoa, where did this come from? What's that all about? Now, I think it should be noted that LeBron was on that initial call, as I understand it. But the second one where Kyrie Irving piped up and told everybody, hey, I don't advocate going, LeBron was not on that call. And we know that LeBron and Kyrie have a history. Um, I'm sure you, you will regale us with tales of uh, how they allegedly made up last year. I've heard it wasn't as much of a makeup uh, as it was Kyrie venting about playing with the young Celtics and frustrations. And then he remembered how he too was young uh, and, and very eager in Cleveland. And that's what he demanded to get out of town. But I just couldn't ride with Kyrie flip-flopping like that. No explanation as to why he didn't. Now I get it. You know, if he comes out and explains, then there's going to be more questions. Um, and then I question Kyrie as a leader uh, on the basketball court, um, leading uh, a, a charge of players not to go to the bubble when he wasn't going to the bubble anyway. Brooklyn wasn't bringing him. You know, they can only bring 35 guys. They're not taking an injured player when they can bring in a, a, a another scout, uh, assistant coach, a trainer, etc. Uh, and it, you know. The vibe that I got based on the Kyrie comments, and you read them uh, from various publications, um, Kyrie Irving was upset he was not going, and he didn't want anybody else to go, and he'd be left out. That was the vibe I got. Now go ahead and take me to task and murder me. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I do think when you when you look at the conference call, um, I've spoken to my three or four different people on that call. Um, what I'll tell you is there were players who were voiced from the way that I was told. Um, that were voicing concerns privately to Kyrie about not wanting to play in the bubble because of health concerns because it related to coronavirus and about social justice issues close to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and more. Um, the adult beverage thing, um, as well as the, um, you know, the questions about that, uh, as the vice president, the way it was phrased to me was that is your due diligence to find out about specifics relating to um, I guess things that players may need or want while they're in uh, Orlando, Florida. 
Um, and you know, that, that was what he was voicing. That's the way it was phrased to me. Um, but I'll add that when the conversation was had on the actual conference call, there were other people in the line talking. You don't really see a ton of quotes from other players, but you see quotes from Kyrie. Um, in the sense of if me and you are having a conversation, I could say you're a jerk. And if somebody just takes from that part, that the school called Jason McIntyre a jerk. And I'm not talking about myself a third person like that. But if someone said that I was talking, if I was talking about you, you would only take a phrase from that conversation and then make it into something bigger than it may be, may or not. Because I can tell you that in my conference call, there were a lot of people voicing concerns to the point that Chris Paul was kind of told people three or four times, guys, don't say everything you want to say because there are more than just players on this call. Um, and so, you know, even I know Donovan Mitchell took issues to some of the ways that he was quoted. He was, there was, there was conversation that wasn't, I don't believe, directly quoted about Donovan, but everything that was quoted about Kyrie literally three or four minutes after the call, everything was put out there that he said. He's not even the president of the players Association. Chris Paul is. So are you reading it as this was a Kyrie Irving smear campaign? I think when you're the loud person in the room and when you constantly have people questioning your um, your level of sanity, like the world is flat and comments like that, I think people then make it their business to quote you and make sure that because you're the loud person, it gets shown that that's who you are. I won't say anything, though. I will say that I think that because he said loud stuff in the past, people look for power to see what he has to say. But it's it's not just that. And again, listen, I should say this before people come and try to crush me on social media. Sure. I have been a Kyrie Irving fan. I love the way he plays basketball, attacks the rim, his talent. I mean, I don't need to sit here and defend Kyrie Irving's talent. Oh, yeah. I liked watching him so much, Scoop. I got a one of those burnt orange Cleveland uh, cab throwbacks when he was in yeah. Cleveland. And I, I rocked yeah. it. I, I have it on my Instagram. You can go there and see it, you know, whatever. But the reality is, yeah, it's not just the flat earth stuff, man. It's who the heck wins a title with LeBron, okay? Put together, LeBron put together an awesome team there. And then they lose, and then Kyrie's like, I'm out of here. I'm demanding a trade. If you don't trade me, uh, I'm going to say I need surgery just so I don't have to play. Who yeah, does that? And then, that? On, Scoop. then he goes to Boston where he was all excited. Things were great. He's happy. He's playing for a great coach in Brad Stevens, you know, one of the top five, seven coaches in the league. Okay, he's got young talent around him. They're loaded. They dispatch Giannis uh, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and Kyrie says, "No, I- I'm good. I don't want to play for Brad Stevens." Like, dude, what- what's going on? Listen, maybe he's a complicated individual. Okay, uh, he he doesn't give a ton of interviews. We don't know a lot about him. We know he's made a lot of money, and there's chatter that he may well be willing to walk away. And, and hey, more power to him. You know, you, you've made a good living playing basketball. Off the court, you know, with the uh, Uncle Drew and everything, like, yeah, dude, people like you. And I I just, I don't know, man. Something rubs me weird about Kyrie, and maybe it's that information void. When he's not talking, when he's not active on social media, the way LeBron is, the way Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, when there's an information void, people try to fill in the gap. I'm not saying the filler in her. Uh, I'm just saying it's just very awkward. Well, as a person who does have a line towards him as well as his people, I agree with you on the information part. There is a level of elusiveness to Kyrie, particularly because he does not do a lot of interviews. Um, and there are very few reporters who talk to him. 
Um, every reporter, I think, needs an Amal Deshaun. <laughs> I'm not trying to fill in those gaps where I can, but he's his own man. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, let me ask. Let me ask you this. So you've known Kyrie for a while. He's a Jersey guy. You're, you know, you've got the Jersey uh, history. Like, I, I just don't understand why he won't say his piece to get it out there. Instead of letting people try to shape a narrative about you, why don't you grab it by the throat and shape your own narrative? I would say that I agree with you, and those are conversations that I have. I mean, I, I saw this quote the other day. Until a lion learns how to write, the hunter will always tell your story. Scoop yeah, I don't think that phrase before. Uh, I, I I think I've heard a variation of it, but but I mean I, I mean I'm with you. Like you just you can't do that. Like even a guy like Andrew Luck, you know, in the NFL, up and retires, doesn't say much, retires, and now people are here. We are two years later, everyone's bashing him, and I'm like, really? Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, listen, this is. Not, I hate to say this is what we do in the media, um, but it happens a lot in the media, you know. And 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 I, I went on a riff on my radio show about legacy and how I think it's so overrated because when you die and you're gone, why would you care <laughs> what people that you don't even know, strangers, are saying about you? Like I, legacy yeah. to me is starting to get silly in sports, and and it's weird because I've gone on TV a lot and talked about legacy and this and that. And then you give it a lot of thought, and you're like, well, wait a sec, who cares? Now, it's weird in the now, Scoop, with social media, you know, that things happen. And, uh, right. you know, you, you kind of got to snuff it out. We're, we're in the, what is it called, cancel culture or whatever, where people go after folks. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I don't like that. I do my best not to partake in any of that nonsense. Right. Um, it, 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 it's a weird world we're living in, man. Well, I think it's how we speak. I think people listen, but I think they listen with they, they watch and listen with an added lens. The last time Kyrie said anything that was controversial was the whole Thanksgiving comment. Um, and for him, who you know, his religious belief and his you know transition into just Native American culture and him finding his identity in that regard, you know, he said it when he tweeted his apology when he basically said he would celebrate Thanksgiving. And you know, it's, it's like every now and then he'll say little things, then it blows up, then it dies down. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, I know you know this one. Actions speak louder than words. Yes. And Kyrie's actions, uh, you know, uh, bolting Boston, ditching LeBron, uh, it, it speak louder than him saying nothing. And, and it's, a, it's a weird place to be, but here we are. The gauge that I get with the whole Cleveland thing, their position is, well, he requested a trade quietly, it became public. My my instincts say that he knew that LeBron was out in Cleveland and was going to Los Angeles. My instincts say he wanted some sort of committal from LeBron as to whether or not he was staying past this contractual year. My instincts say he's had conversations and he knew that LeBron was out. Therefore, he didn't want to stay in Cleveland for a reason. That's what my instincts tell me. What do you know? What have you heard in that regard? I mean, yeah, like it, it, the worst kept secret was LeBron was bolting Cleveland. That that was pretty apparent once Durant went to the Warriors. But yeah, LeBron got his title in Cleveland. He did. You know, I know Kyrie hit the well, game winning shot. But it's not, if memory serves, it's not like Cleveland was asking Kyrie to sign some long term deal. 
True. You know, he, it was as if he wanted to beat LeBron out the door so he wasn't left holding the bag with, you know, whatever uh, was on that roster that was built to win with LeBron. Scoop B Radio. Yeah, and, and I had on Ryan Holland on the Scoop B Radio podcast last week. Um, they discussed this on um, FS1 today. He talked about a mirrorless topic. So one of the things he discussed was the leadership uh, issue. Uh, and that LeBron, I can tell you that LeBron and Kyrie, in the next 10 years, we're going to see the dichotomy of their relationship. And in my opinion, um, I think that those two guys quietly were this generation Shaq and Kobe. They left a lot of stuff on the table. See, the only tough sell on that, you know, Shaq and Kobe won three, and then, you know, the Shaq refused to get in shape and stuff. And at the time, I blamed Kobe for it, for running mm-hmm. Shaq out of town. Obviously, history has shown that, you know, Kobe was right, that Shaq refused to get in shape. He got a little fat and happy with the three titles. I, I The only reason I push back on that is I don't, under no circumstances were LeBron and Kyrie favorites or going to be favored to take down Durant and Curry. Sure. You know? I, I, that, that team, for my money, was better than any Jordan team. Uh, that Warriors team was, I think, the greatest in modern NBA history. You know, they went through the playoffs, I believe it was 16-1, and one, and the one loss was when Kyrie, Love, LeBron, hit like an NBA record, like 27 three-pointers, um, and, and they, they, they won a game, but... Otherwise, that, that I mean, that Warriors team was a juggernaut, and LeBron knew he had no chance. Um, and we all know, I mean, I think you're with me, that Toronto Raptors title last year, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, people are talking about an asterisk scoop on <laughs> on this bubble title. Well, don't the Raptors get one? No Kevin Durant for outside of, like, 11 minutes? Claire, Clay uh, Thompson tears his ACL? Like, come on. You can put an asterisk by so many titles, so... uh Anyways, I, I ran off on a tangent there. My bad. No, you didn't. Tell me something. You, you, you're the tangent guy. You're the guy that's opinionated. People listen to what you have to say. They love and hate you at the same time. Help me. Uh, I won't be through this. Do you think that with this bubble um, and with the rest that both the Clippers and the Lakers got uh, during this coronavirus pandemic, as I call it, spring break, um, do you do you think do you think that this gives this break gives the Lakers more of an advantage or the Clippers more of an advantage? Uh, well, initially, I had the Lakers' huge advantage, right? LeBron, we know he went to the finals eight years in a row. And then, of course, last year, the injury. Uh, now he's 35 and a half, and he's going through this four months of inactivity. So I thought it had been the Lakers, and then I looked at the Clippers' schedule. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's a joke. They, I mean, there's a decent chance they go 8-0 uh, if they try to win that opener against the Lakers. And uh, there's a small chance, very small chance they pass the Lakers. And for me, it's all about matchup. So I think the Clippers get an advantage because, Scoop, I don't know where you are on this. I don't like the Houston Rockets as a team. I don't think, uh, had the season prolonged, I don't think they would have had much of a chance. I think they could scare somebody in the bubble. Uh, you know, we know that James Harden has worn down in multiple postseasons. We've seen Russell Westbrook flame out uh, a couple years in the first round. They now have four months off. Uh, and they could be scary. They get hot in a series down there. You don't have to worry about uh, home court advantage. I think Houston could be scary. If I'm the Lakers, I don't want to play them in the second round, especially when I just lost Avery Bradley. Um, I mean, you could you could go on down the list of, of worry wards here. I know they're getting J.R. Smith today. Um, but, you know, if COVID happens to take a couple players out, you know, the Lakers' depth is already 
down a notch with no Avery Bradley. So I actually think the Clippers get a slight edge over the Lakers and then the rest of the league um, in regards to, uh, you know, the four-month layoff. What about the Blazers? Tough to tell. No Trevor Ariza. So now you're going to roll with Carmelo Anthony. Okay, we know he doesn't play any defense. Uh, <laughs> and Mario Hazonia, uh, who they don't trust clearly. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play a whole heck of a lot during the season. I like him as a player, but you know, relying on him here is a tall order. Uh, and then they got like Nasir Little, the young kid out of North Carolina. So at small forward, they're very depleted on the wing. If they have to match up with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and that ain't going to be good. That that will not be pretty. I know they're getting healthy with Nurkic uh, coming back. Obviously, that's big. And Collins, I like. Um, but I, they still have to pass. Like, don't they have to pass two teams just to get in the playoffs? I think they got to pass. Yeah, New Orleans schedule is favorable. So I like Damian Lillard. He worked out of my gym a little bit this summer. I talked to him. Nice guy. Um, you know, CJ McCollum is a nice player. It's a little sad that they had that drop-off after last year going to the conference finals. And Scoop, I mean, you know, you look ahead. They have, I believe, the highest payroll in the league. And if there are no playoffs, I would not be shocked if there are some major changes in Portland in the soft season. Looking at the Eastern Conference, uh, do you think the Sixers having rest benefits them? It's interesting. You compared um, Kobe and Shaq to LeBron and Kyrie. I actually compare Embiid and Simmons to Penny and Shaq. Uh, not to do too many Shaq comparisons, but if you remember, Penny and Shaq together were dynamite. Now, you were probably, what, a young cat, like seven years old, ten years old? About that, yeah. Do you remember those matches? I mean, they, they, I loved Penny Hardaway. Okay, My little kid has 2K. And Penny Hardaway's on our team, and we have, like, all these whatever, the super – he's all souped up, and he's awesome. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway fan. But egos kind of got in the way when they got to the finals. They took down Michael Jordan, get to the finals, and then it was like, okay, whose team is it push and pull? And I think that's playing out in Philly. Uh, I think the fans like Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid thinks this is his team, his city. Um, and I think Ben Simmons is more talented, and I trust him more. I know he doesn't shoot a jumpers yet. I don't care. He also defends all five positions. <laughs> you know, he might be runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. I, I, and, you know, if you follow me and, you know, I'm out here in L.A. Uh, the last four years, I've got to know some peoples around Simmons. Um, and I just don't – it doesn't feel to me like he's long for Philadelphia. This seems like a guy um, who's probably going to be getting to a bigger bigger team. Uh, and you, you know his history, right, with uh, being a clutch sports guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to be a long stay for him in Philly. I, I just, I'm worried about this team. You know they won, I believe, 10 games on the road this year. They won about as many games on the road as the New York Knicks. That's how bad they were away from home. Uh, and now they got to go to a bubble. We'll see how – have you seen any pictures of Embiid uh, through the quarantine? I, I mean, I myself lost a little weight. I don't know if Embiid lost weight. I know Jokic lost the 40 pounds. But let's see what, you know, the likes of Embiid, Zion look like. But, yeah, I, I, think about it. If you're Philly, okay, Al Horford has been a colossal bust there. They basically stole him because he was so good on the Celtics against Embiid. But Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, you know, they're just mashing everything together, hoping it works. And, Scoop, I, I don't have a lot of faith. The Knicks. Who do you like this next general manager? Oof. I got to say, I've been in Nick. First game I ever went to, Scoop, was Knicks-Lakers, I think, 85. I was a young kid, very young, 
My dad and I went. It was it was awesome. Fell in love with the Knicks. Patrick Ewing versus Jabbar that night. Ewing's like one of my favorite players ever, but this Knicks franchise is an embarrassment. I I, I got to plead ignorance here. I don't know what they're doing. I have no clue. Do you know what they're doing? And that is what William Wesley is. <laughs> yeah, didn't they dump Alonzo Trier? Yes, they did. What's that all? What's the, what's that all about? Can we get someone explaining that? I know, you know, I know he's got a little bit of an ego, and the people I talk to around the team say, "Listen, this guy really thought he was the best player on the team. He's one of the better players. That's pretty evident." Um, but to dump him for Theo Pinson, I, it's just kind of a slap in the face to Knicks fans. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. GM, coach, uh, your best, your guess is as good as mine, man. I mean, you might be the next the head coach of <laughs> Seriously, man, I, I have no idea what direction they have. Um, and and I still think Durant made a mistake going to the Nets, but he would have made a bigger mistake if he went to the Nets. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Scoop Beam Radio. With Jason McIntyre talking four things basketball catches work at Fox Sports Radio. FS1, all the different shows, as well as uh, Fox Sports uh, Online. Check out his written work. Um, you and your brand, um, it's fascinating to me. Uh, during your time with the big lead and then transitioning into television, um, you were kind of, and some people thought you maybe were conspiracy theorists about the Lakers and LeBron and Station and more. Um, I've followed your work for a while. The way that the Lakers were constructed, uh, corresponding with what you knew, um, did, I guess, what grade did you give the Lakers so far in getting Davis and getting LeBron and, and some of the other pieces in comparison to what you knew going in two years later? Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be like an A-plus for LeBron. Now, I'm, I mean, I don't know how much credit you want to give LeBron uh, versus, you know, the front office. Um, there were some issues with Frank Vogel, I think. You know, people questioned. I mean, he was a disaster. Uh, he had a good run in Indy, you know, like six years ago. And then after that, not not very good. Um, but uh, roster construction? I mean, Scoop, you know, one to ten. Who's got a better roster than the Lakers? Maybe the Clippers. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I I think LeBron and, uh, you know, the front office have done a pretty good job. And I keep saying LeBron because it's pretty clear, right? You, you, you talk to people around the league. You know how this works. If LeBron wants you on the team, there's a good chance you're going to get on the team. You're seeing that. I know you've been all over the J.R. Smith stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think work they got to go on it. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you've been all over that. Like, Lake, Lakers – basically don't have a weakness if you want to nitpick you could say wing depth to defend when the clippers go paul george Kawhi, lou williams uh and they go small with harrell at center that's a tough lineup for the lakers especially with no avery bradley you could see alex caruso playing huge pivotal minutes um against you know the second best team in the league or what have you the only reason i still give the lakers an edge over the clippers is um, if you watch their final meeting, Lou Williams was on the floor in the fourth, and LeBron just went matchup hunting. I mean, it was it was beautiful. You could go call up it, call it up on YouTube. Every possession, LeBron says, "Okay, there's Lou. Give me the screen," and then just go to work. And the Clippers could do nothing. They were powerless. So I don't know what Doc Rivers' counter to that is, because Scoop, you know that Lou Williams is a respected veteran in that locker room. He was there last year when they took two two games from the Warriors. Everybody likes Lou Williams. He's been around a long time. 
I can't see them pushing him to the bench in crunch time minutes when he's such a good scorer in favor of who? Landry Shamit? Is that, I mean, <laughs> the Morris kid who's been there for, for, you know, during the, who played what, 10 games with him, maybe? Yeah. So I, I just have some questions about how they work that out. And again, I think LeBron is the best player on the floor. I trust him more than Kawhi and Paul George. And I'll just toss out the fun Paul George stat that everybody loves. He hasn't been out of the first round since, I believe, in six years. Will Anthony Davis be a Hall of Famer one day? Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how Chris Webber is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I think Anthony Davis probably will end up comparing favorably to Kevin Garnett. Um, that, that that would be my comp for him, and I think Andy Davis is a little bit more gifted at the offensive end. He's just quiet, so he doesn't get all the the love that Kevin Garnett does. I mean, Kevin Garnett did you know did some nice things in Minnesota with Strawberry. Um, I think Anthony Davis did some nice things in New Orleans. Uh, got to the second round. Um, who was his second best player? You know, Drew Holiday is nice, but uh, I don't know that Holiday's quite on Marbury's level uh, from Marbury's prime, of course. Uh, Timberwolves, I think, got to a uh, Western Conference Finals with KG and, and uh, Starbury. But, I, yeah, I think Anthony Davis is definitely a Hall of Famer. Do you think there's some dis- a debate there? No. I think um, I had met a little piece on the pod recently, and we were discussing that, and he said yes, but he still has a lot of work to do to catch up to Dwight Howard. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Dwight Howard gets no respect. Cause just, I guess because he was aloof there for like four or five years. You know, uh, his exit in Orlando, total train wreck in Houston. I mean, he, he was a bit of a, a mess there for a few years. He went through some tough stuff, but in his prime, I mean, he got Orlando to the finals, took down LeBron in the Heat with guys like Hito Turkoglu and Richard Lewis. Yeah. A whole, Dwight Howard is a superstar. Is he a whole Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Carmelo Anthony, a Hall of Famer. I might have to sit this one out just because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, he only got to the Western Conference Finals with his best. But, yeah, listen, the reality is in his, at his apex, he was one of the best scorers in the league, certainly top five. I don't, I don't think he ever won an MVP. Um, I'd have to double-check his first-team All-NBA um, credentials. But, you know, it's it's so weird doing this Hall of Fame who's better game because – Someone approached me recently and said, hey, Jay, who's better, Clay Thompson or Reggie Miller? And then you punch up Reggie Miller, and you're like, oh, good. I mean, like, we remember him as awesome, but got to the finals once. Uh, First team All-NBA, I think never. He was only All-NBA like three times, didn't play a lick of defense. And then you look at Clay Thompson, and you're like, well, Clay Clay played with Curry and all these guys. So obviously, Clay, you know, Clay has an advantage there. But I mean, I, Clay Thompson or Reggie Miller, who you got? Who's better? Yeah, I I don't think you can compare a well done steak to a medium well steak. So in that case, Reggie Miller's career is done, um, and and he had a great career. Clay Thompson's career is still being written. The advantage that Clay has over Reggie is championships. But Clay still wasn't the featured guy on that team. He played with Steph Curry. He played with Draymond. He, he, he had a great supporting cast. To me, Reggie Miller, you, you can't compare the two because they did two different things on their team. Interesting. So, you, so you're penalizing Clay for having good teammates. No, 
I'm not theorizing them. I just think you can't compare a well-done steak to a meat-of-all steak. In 10 years, if we have this conversation, I can more intelligently answer that question. If you're comparing just straight up a championship, play has the advantage. If you're comparing based off of, like, roles, like Reggie Miller was the featured person on that squad in Indiana for many yep. years, that, that's why I don't think that's a, compa- a fair comparison. Like, you hear a lot of young kids make comparisons between Magic Johnson and Steph Curry. Scoop and they think that Steph Curry is going to be better than, Ma- and than Magic. And I don't think that's fair because Ma- Magic Johnson, number one, came in the league right away, too. 79 came and did what he needed to do. Ended up backing up or starting at center over Kareem. Then you go in and you win five championships for the Lakers. Um, and really made Dr. Buck look intelligent and buy into Jeff Kit Cooking. And I also think, you know, when we talk about Steph, though, you can't slice him because Steph literally, as I heard Chris Rock say, he is Allen Iverson with a farmer in the home. <laughs> in the sense of, he does think that, that, that Reggie Miller does from the shooting side of things, but he also handles the ball on a yo yo like Allen Iverson, but within a team concept. That offense and that system was explicitly built for stuff. But I think when you make comparisons sometimes, they get really dangerous because I think that's why we're constantly having these Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan comparisons. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, I'm running out of time here, but I, I don't okay. think there's a Magic Curry real debate. I, I, I said, I think three years ago on FS1 that Steph Curry was the second best point guard in NBA history. And people just lit into me like, oh, well, he's not even a point guard. Uh, and I'm like, well, the NBA has evolved, you know, yeah. what define a point guard. What, what is that? What, you know, Brad Stevens, you ask, there's three positions, guards, wings, and big guys. That's it. Like there's a, this whole power forward, but I don't think anybody could even make a decent argument that there's a, a point guard ahead of Curry on the list other than Magic. I mean, people want to talk about John Stockton. John Stockton had an awesome career, career leader in assists, steals, awesome. Um, how many first place MVP votes do you think he got? Isaiah Thomas. He was never even a runner up for best player in the league. Steph Curry, during LeBron's prime, won two MVPs, including the only unanimous MVP in league history. Like, you could take all the MVP votes, first place, for Jason Kidd, uh, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, and Curry has Two MVPs. Now, then the counter is, well, Jason, Steve Nash has two MVPs. Yes, Steve Nash does have two MVPs. No championships. No championships. Um, And I think that's, you know, Nash is in there. He's in that discussion for top ten. He had a very bright few years. And then other than that, like, you know, Nash had a tough go because, you know, he was kind of buried there in Dallas and then the injuries late. But, I mean, Nash had a great career. It's not a slight to say – that Steve Nash, let's just pick a number. He's the 12th best point guard in NBA history. That's not a knock. Do you know how many point guards there have been in the league? I'm just going to pick a number. A thousand. <laughs> and that might be underselling it. So if there's a thousand people yeah. who were point guards in NBA history and Steve Nash is 12, that's a knock? Or saying yeah. John Stockton is like five. I, I, I just, and that's my problem with these whole like who's better, give me an all time list, is that anything you say that's not one or two is like some kind of bashing. And that's Last kind question. of annoying to me. Last question. LeBron James, if the Lakers win a championship this year, does the conversation change about the Michael and Kobe 
Uh, I think the Michael discussions change. I would put LeBron one if he wins the title this year. Uh, I think he will have uh, one of the most memorable titles, winning uh, after being down 3-1. And he will definitely have the most memorable postseason title ever in all of sports, uh, the bubble championship. People want to put an asterisk. I'd say it's the opposite. This is going to be the biggest challenge. I mean, Scoop, mentally 12 weeks in a bubble? And like you maybe get to see some friends and family after the first round. I mean, these these are young 25, 30-year-old millionaires. A lot of them single who are used to just doing whatever they want on an offense. And now you're going to put them in a bubble? If LeBron is able to, you know, wrangle the troops and, and get them all on the same page and focus and lock in, and they win the title, man, that, that that's just going to be something else. He, he'll be my number one all time. And we know numbers-wise he's going to be Jordan in almost everything, uh, simply because he's been able to play healthy and he didn't quit the league twice like Michael Jordan. Uh, I think Kobe's in that you know, top ten discussion for sure. I think I had a six or seven or eight, somewhere in there. Uh, Tim Duncan's in there. Jabbar, obviously, uh, is three for me. But, yeah, I would put LeBron one if he wins the title. You heard it first. Brother, thank you for your time. We talked about everything from Kyrie, LeBron, and Michael, and Steph Curry. Um, I value your opinion, and thanks for making time for a little while with me. All right, Scoop. Thanks for having me, man. My man, I'll talk to you soon. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee, and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.